Sports, and this is... Oh, it's the party with John Hambo and McGuire. And this is My Time TV, episode number 29. Woo! You just wanted to hit me. I've been waiting weeks to do that. So you're making me read off the introduction now? Yes, I am. Because you're horrible at it. I'm kind of horrible at it. Do you have dandruff? No, I don't. Is that just your shirt? It's little dots on the shirt that came from Target, George. Why are there dots all over I've washed my hair now. That is so strange. Well, that's part of the shirt. It does look like dandruff. It's part of the design, people. It's not dandruff. It does look like dandruff. Anyway, we are live. We're going to attempt to go live again. All right. Because the last two weeks kind of suck. So we're like real, real live right now. At least until something shits out. And then we'll be on YouTube tomorrow. We'll be on YouTube tomorrow. And you can actually send us comments tonight. We will talk to you in real time. Anyway, we have a great episode for you today. We had, I had created this great idea of talking about all this other garbage. But I've decided instead that maybe I should be introducing the episode because today, boys and girls, it is Hambone behind the music! Oh shit! We are gonna interview Hambone. We're gonna find out all about the life of Hambone. We're gonna ask the hard questions to Hambone. We're gonna take some AMA. We're gonna just anything and everything. We're gonna find out about Pensy Prep and why he was in a bad screamo band. And help create the genre Arguable? of Bad Screamo. Not really. We're going to find out why the hell he named his other band Fairmont. We're going to find What's out my idea? why he gave up and decided to be in a pirate band. We're going to find out everything there is to know about Hambo tonight. That was an uphill move, not a lateral move, buddy. If you have a question, you ask it now. We will get to it. In the meantime, Hambo's going to make us a drink. What are you going to make for us today, Hambo? Well, first off... I'm surprised just as much as you are about this. Secondly, uh, I made uh, the Cobra Fang, the original Cobra Fang. Now, why I did this today, because I was on the internet, and everyone's been posting this meme with Trump and the entire McMahon family, and it says, Stone Cold Steve Austin has given the stunner to 46% of the people in this photo. The rest were all, like, grandchildren. And, it, and he might have might have given one of the grandchildren, too. And you know what? It made me smile, so I wanted to do a snake style drink. I could not find a rattlesnake drink. So this is the Cobra Fang. This is one of the classics. This Ken Lucas said this episode of Behind the Music is going to be very short. Ken? Clearly is not referring to your fact that you are also a short, short man. I'm like 5'6". Five, 5'8 five, with the hair. Make us a drink. Alright, so the Cobra Fang is pretty awesome. Now normally it's done with uh, Lemon Heart 151. Lemon Heart. Every week I tell you, you gotta get your booze down to this area. We're doing it with uh, El Dorada uh, Demero Rum, and part of the reason why we're also doing it with uh, regular rum instead of 151 is because some of us have to drive home tonight. Uh, so we're gonna start with the fresh lime juice. I bought this. You work from home. You could just leave your car here and Uber it back. The dude makes a fair point. We might do that. Let's see how weird this night gets. Go. All right, so lime, lime juice, freshly squeezed. I got this new thing because you know how I am with my hand strength with uh, lime juice. So we're going to take this. It's going to be a half ounce of freshly squeezed lime juice here. So I just realized Kelly Crummy is on, my boss. Oh, shit. She made this joke about her like uh, diving person, her teacher, having a tattoo. Like you had a tattoo of a cat. A man with a tattoo and I a just cat? realized I just got a cat too, too. He's got a cat too, too. I got a cat too, too. Twinsies! I think everyone should have a cat too. Not me, I'm allergic to cats. But you still need a cat too. I might get a cat too. All right, so we have a half ounce of orange juice, and I didn't freshly squeeze this. Thank you, Tropicana. How uh, old is that Tropicana? Uh, I just bought this. Good. Oh, I always buy it fresh. There's a shit in my fridge. Yeah. It's old. The one, the one in your fridge definitely has some green stuff on it, which yeah. you should never have with orange juice. Uh, passion fruit syrup, we've been saying every time we've been using this awesome Libra & Co. Tropical passion fruit syrup. It's used to mostly make George's favorite drink, the Hurricane, whenever he comes over to my apartment. Today, we're going to put a half ounce in here for the Cobra Fang. 
Hi, Jennifer Ludwig. No, this is not a photographer-related uh, show. This is an awesome-related show. It's an awesome if show. If you watch this show, you will be a better woman. So we had a little snafu with the falernum. Uh, the label has come off. This is Fee Brothers Falernum. I mentioned that because I want to just keep remembering what we're actually using. Uh, we're trying to redeem the falernum from the Saturn incident. So this is cool. This is just a quarter ounce of falernum. A little goes a long way. And you could like smell it as I pour it out. It's a little almond-lime mixture. Now we're going to put in the most important part here. We're going to put in our friend, Eldorado Rum. I was going to say the heart and tears of children. Well... Not, that's only the first drink, George. Give me time. So here we go. We've got a ounce and a half of that of the good stuff. And now here comes the really, the really nuance of the drink. You got bitters, and you got a little absinthe. Now a little absinthe does go a long way. Uh, so we're just gonna put a little capful of that in there. It's is that real absinthe? Or it's, is... it's legit absinthe. It's got wormwood in it. See, it even says with wormwood. Uh, so, so, so if I get freaky tonight, it's your fault. Yeah, well, it's usually my fault if you get freaky. So it's supposed to be uh, an eighth of a teaspoon, so I just put in a little capful. It's about the same. And then we're going to add a dash of Agnostora bitters. Have you tried your drink yet? No. I was waiting for you first. I don't I, like drinking until you, you like, clicked me. I appreciate me. it. So here we go. I'm not rude. You're not rude. You're a gentleman. And a scholar. I already put the ice in here, folks. We're trying to... Trim the time down, especially for people who listen to the podcast version of this. Yeah, we have been getting a lot of complaints that we've been running too long. We've got exactly 35 minutes on this episode, so get to it. It's a good thing you talked about my musical career then. <laughs> All right, so here we go. In honor of Stone Cold Steve Austin, stunning the entire McMahon family and the president of our United States. Here's swimming bow-legged women, guys. What? Some jaws. That's my toast. Oh, I, I don't remember at all. Do you know Josh Goldfarb has never seen Jaws? That is it. Argument for another day. We've only got 35 minutes tonight. the worst tonight. part is he won't even like oh, come over delightful. to make it happen. This is very good. Thank you. It's the, um, it's the schnapps. The schnapps? The peach. There's the a, peach in the here. passion fruit. Passion fruit. Passionate. Wonderful, wonderful drink. So we're going to actually, we're going to save the ham bone conversation. You know, I got I to gotta work this a little bit. Okay. Let's start off and discuss Legion. Oh my god! Legion, for those that don't know, we talked about it a little in the last episode. It's a new X product created by Fox. Premiered last week on FX. It's on 10 o'clock on Wednesdays. We are going to watch tonight right after this. We recommend you watch it too. It is so good. It is, um, it is part um, Neon Demon, part um, like 80s. like. It's like watching art. It is like watching art. What else did I... Well, there was a movie it, it reminded me of that I'm completely blanking on right now. But it is so it good. So just so you, For those that don't know, Legion is the son of Professor Xavier of the X-Men and um, some random other Irish woman that's not Moira McTaggart that he banged on the side and forgot about. And basically he had a bastard child that he just like, oh, I forgot I had a child. Because... Professor X gets around. And the child became like the alpha mutant, the most powerful mutant in the world. His powers in the comic book is he just creates reality or changes reality. Morphs reality. Morphs reality. Uh, I don't know yet what his power is on the TV show, but it's good. It's like watching art. It really is like watching art. And it it's awesome because it's so far out there in the X universe. I usually can't get behind anything that Fox does with the X-Men. I am really behind this series and I'm hoping for the best for it. I love it because uh, you don't know what year it takes place in. Like the cars are from like the sixties, the the colors yeah. are from the seventies, the clothing's from the seventies, but they have cell phones. It's just this great time warp, and I think it might lead to the new X Men series. 
I just love it. Yeah, I don't know if it leads to the new X-Men series. The new X-Men series just started filming. Uh, I'm, ho I'm, I'm hoping that if they can get this kind of standard with Legion on TV, they'll be able to do what they can't do in the movies, which is get a good uh, something to watch, a good series going. So I'm going to give it a shot. I can't wait to watch it when we get done with this. Yeah, the first episode's an hour and a half. It's well worth your time. Legion on FX, uh, Wednesdays at 10 o'clock. Check it out. Again, it sounds like, oh, it's next. Brian Singer is attached to it. It's probably bad. No, it's awesome. I loved it. If you're Even if you're not an X-Men fan, if you just like superheroes, this is the show for you. It's awesome. So the next thing we should talk about really quickly is we went to NXT Asbury Park. We went to NXT Asbury Park, and it was glorious. We went, we, we grabbed a small chunk of us. We went down to a WWE house show for their, uh, I guess, their independent division, their their minor leagues. Farm league. On Friday, and we had a blast. If you, I really want to say, if you have a chance to see NXT while they're still doing these small venues, you need to do it now. Because I have a feeling in a year or so, it is going to be in like smaller arenas. And especially if you could see it at the Asbury Park Convention Center, that place, we've we've now seen two NXTs there. Uh, each one is better than the last. You can always, there's no bad seat in the Asbury Park Convention Center for NXT. Highly, highly recommend. We also went to Little Buddy's Hideaway, the Tiki Bar. Yeah, so we have a small Tiki Bar review. Asbury Park, for the first time, I think ever, now has a Tiki Bar. Which seems weird. It's, it's kind of hidden. Um, there's no front door. You have to go through another bar that's like a sleepy, really sleepy bar. You go through, and you go into this tiki hideaway. It is tiki. I mean, it does have thatching. It's it's decent looking inside. Uh, it, the drinks are competent. Very good. Drinks uh, are good. I had a painkiller. Loved it. Um, I had a uh, pineapple uh, dark and stormy that you was very good. pineapple dark and stormy that was good. The only problem with it is it tends to attract a lot of bro dudes and their girlfriends. Which is fine. Y'all just gotta play some better music. The music selection sucks. And if you go to Facebook, all the reviews are like, ah, oh, great bar, except the music sucks. The music sucks. A lot of Portage and like Dido and and the Doors. And the, uh, the why would you play the Doors? In a no one. The bar? Doors are the worst band in the world. The Doors are we. You know we don't agree on much here at My Thai TV, but we agree the Doors are the worst band in the world. Come on, son. It's a tiki bar. Adam Silverstein, come down next week for next week's episode, and you can have a drink. We will make you we drink. We will make you a drink. Anyone, just so everybody knows, everyone's invited. If you show up, if you know when we're taping, you just show up. We have a seat right here. We have a seat right there. Come join us. And fun fact about John Hambo McGuire, I make a good cocktail. Speaking of John Hambo McGuire. Oh boy, here we go. I feel everywhere I go, everywhere, everywhere, everyone who knows this show, the one question I have is, who is this Hambone? Who is he? What is he? <laughs> I will let it be known that I met Hambone many, many moons ago when I first saw the pirate-themed band Brine and the Bastards. Brine and Bastards. No, Brine the. and the Bastards. The Bastards. No, they were playing... No, the, no I believe it was. I believe it was okay, um, no, at no, Otto's no, Shrunken no. Head on International Pirate Day. Talk like a pirate day. It was September 19th. Uh, it was 2002, 3, 4, something around there. God only knows. Yeah, how did we ever get home from the city without Uber? And I uh, was blown away by this, you know, they clearly was this cartoon band that were playing really good sh sea shanty songs, punk rock style. Played punk rock sea shanties. But the one thing that really caught my attention was their very, very boisterous bass player, John McGuire. That's me. Since then, we have become friends. Yeah. I might say this is someone I would take a bullet for. We are war bond, friend. Cheers. And in the past few weeks, I've spent a lot of time putting up 
this is like the weird segue into this right about gotcha. about. I found a treasure trove of high eight tapes that I've recently put up onto uh, YouTube. One of them was the My Chemical Romance early show where, from their first album from 2002. And Maxwell's and they open for the Lawn Darts, which is awesome. Check it out on YouTube. That has nothing to do with anything except for the fact that everyone that comments on that, and that video is blowing up, it's on my YouTube channel where you can find my Thai TV. Everyone on there keeps referencing old My Chemical Romance interviews, which reference that show. Right. While I can't find the reference to that show, I did do a little digging and found a shitload of references to John Hambone McGuire, this musician that was friends with all the famous musicians who should have become a famous musician. Because there were actually articles I read were like, John Hambone McGuire, the future breakout star in the punk rock scene circa 2002. So, someone emailed me. Right. And said, whatever happened to Hambone? They actually asked whatever happened to Charles Moran and uh, the Lawn Darts. Right. But I'm like, they're still around. And they're like, did you happen to know Hambone too? I'm like, did I know Hambone? He's legendary. And this is like some millennial probably wasn't even born yet in 2002. Probably not. Or Generation Z. So I decided this would be a good time to talk to Hambone McGuire. And find out exactly what makes you tick. Oh my god, it's inside the actor's studio with Hambone. Hambone? Well, we did it last week with Animal Blood. We did do it with Animal We might Blood. do it next time with Felix Frump. That'd be awesome. We're going to do it right now with you. Here we go. John McGuire, how did you get into music? How did I get into music? When I was a kid, uh, my dad loves my dad loves rock and roll music. My dad would always play WNEW, New York City radio station, the classic rock radio station is what I grew up on, uh, as well as CBS 101, which was the oldies, was considered the oldie station back then, playing 50s and 60s pop music, doo-wop, and I just couldn't get enough of rock and roll. So it, I, just, I just wanted to play music. So how old were you when you picked up your first instrument? Uh, I was 12, maybe 13. I got a guitar. Uh, but then I, I, I didn't want to practice. I, I, I just kind of wanted to instantly be able to just go out and write songs and start a band, and I was 13, so I kinda, it kind of took a backseat till I was about 15. Now, you were a Catholic schoolboy. Uh, yes. So you were slower on the scale of humanity. Lower. You were, you were weak. I mean, in, in terms of, like, you know, most punk rock kids come from, like, the public school system, rough and tumble, you know, how to fight their way through mankind. You, well, Catholic schoolboy. Fun fact. Uh, I got bullied within an inch of my life in public school that had to go to Catholic school. So it's kind of like the whole Fresh Prince of Bel-Air thing, but instead of going to Bel-Air, uh, they sent me to St. Clair's Catholic so School. So you were at Catholic school? Uh, yeah, after... Did you miss the part where I got bullied within an inch of my life? Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. yeah. Most so, of us, yeah, too. I, I, I get it. I, I get the hard knocks thing of the public school system, but thankfully, uh, they sent me to an early retirement at Catholic school. So Catholic school? Yes. When did you discover punk rock? Um... So I discovered punk rock with The Clash on NEW, uh, and I loved it. And my thing was, this is pre-internet, or when there was internet, it was like, you know, you were waiting for a website to load up. There was no high-speed internet. So I just started asking, like, older kids in the neighborhood what they were listening to, and my buddy was listening to uh, Skinny Puppy, which didn't really do it for me. I actually got into hair metal first. I got into hair metal, then I got into thrash metal, and then I heard The Clash, and I wanted to know more. And I found the Ramones, and from the Ramones, I'd start reading old Rolling Stone magazines and Spin magazines, and I'd find the band that I liked, then I'd figure out what bands that they listened to, and then I would go listen to that. Now, you are most famous for being in the band Pensy Prep, correct? Sort of, yeah. No, that's probably it, right? I, I guess that's Are it. you famous for anything else? 
other than being the number one salesperson of blenders in the world. Easy there, Tiger. We don't talk about the day job. No, but we do talk about what you do. You oh. sell blenders now. Uh, I, I the sell. world wants to know what you're doing right now. Well, you know, I'm a, I'm a salesperson. I, I We don't want to know what you're doing right Thank now. You. I lied. What I want to know is, talk to us a little bit about you joining your first band. Talk to us more about those early years. Well, I didn't... I didn't really so much as join my first band as I formed my first band. Um, me and some of the local kids from the neighborhood. Uh, it, it was cool because I my, my buddy Frank Maria, who ended up playing on the Brian Ambassador's record years later, he moved into the neighborhood with his wife. Now, he was probably in his like, late 20s, early 30s at that point. But I heard a dude playing guitar in his house and me being friendly and boisterous. I just went up and knocked on the front door and I was like, hey, man, what you playing? And I just invited myself in and we were friends ever since. Now, granted... I want to just stress that there's many times in my life through my history where I probably should have by rights gotten murdered. Thankfully, I didn't. Uh, that was one of those times. He ended up being really cool. He gave me a bunch of cool tapes like the replacements and his do stuff that I was looking for. So it was awesome. A bunch of other kids from the neighborhood were my age. I started playing guitar. They started playing guitar. So my buddy Alex had an addict that his parents were, you know, hippies. So they had a bunch of instruments. So we just started bands. And you were how old? I was probably 14. 14. 14, I started my first band. We just played a bunch of covers, like learned songs off of records. And I wanted to play punk year? rock, and no one else wanted to play punk this rock. This was what year, and where'd you live? Uh, Clifton. Uh, shit. I mean, if I was 17 in 1997. So you were, it was like 93. Maybe 93, 92. On the cusp of great music. On the cusp of great in music. In the middle of a great music scene. Yeah, so I, I mean, at that point, I had my Husker Du albums, I had my replacement records, and my Descendants and Misfits records. And that's all I wanted to do. I wanted to play in a band that sounded like the Descendants. And I tried to show the kids punk rock, and they were like, no, we want to play Clapton. It's like, we want to play the blues. Fuck so the you blues. got rid of those kids. Yes. You found new kids. I found new kids. When did school. you form Fairmont? I was never, Fairmont wasn't my band. Fuck, whose band was that? that my buddy Neil, who was in Pensy Prep with me, he started Fairmont after uh, Pensy Prep. You know you're listed on the Wikipedia for Fairmont, too. I'm listed on a lot of Wikipedias. So what band did you form before Pensy Prep? Uh, who the hell was in Fairmont? Me, Frank, Neil, uh, my buddy Sean, who still to this day cuts my hair and writes great comic books, and my buddy Tim. I have a split with, like, someone with Fairmont. I wasn't on that. I was in the band later. Um... I don't know, we had a band with a bunch of kids in high school, and then after high school, me and Frank formed Pensy Prep, right when he got into college, and louder, I was kind of louder. We have dropping in and out of college. Uh, yeah, so it was Pensy Prep, and then that ended, and then me and Sean... Sean who? Sean Simon. All right, so Pensy Prep, Pensy Prep ended. Me and Sean Simon did... Okay, you're just going way too fast into it. stuff. I'm trying to remember. All right, so Pensy Prep ended, like... Frank went off to do My Chem. Me and Sean Simon went off to do a band called The Hostage. That didn't last too long. While that was going on, I was also playing in Sleep Station uh, and playing in Lip Service at the same time. I was playing in three different bands. So The Hostage went south. Sleep Station wasn't going to tour anymore for a little bit. So I joined Fairmont, and I played in Fairmont for almost five years. While that was going on, I was playing in Brian and Bastards. I played in The Fiends for a summer after Fairmont, uh, but I couldn't fully commit to it because I was starting the job that I'm doing now where I travel a lot. Uh, so I got one summer with The Fiends. Uh, I played bass for Leathermouth, 
after Brian, well, towards the end of Brian and Bastards. Okay, this is so boring right now. Well, dude, you asked. I'm trying to remember it. We don't need a full itinerary. What we want to know is the true stories of what it was like to be Hambone in the early days. What was it like to tour with Pensy Prep? Pensy Prep, for you guys who don't know, is a weird screamo band that was hot in New Jersey for a hot minute in the early aughts. Yeah, two, late nineties, end end of, end of two thousand, start in two thousand one, and then we broke up, and then Frank went to join My Chemical Romance. So you guys only had one album, and you were only around for one year. One album, and towards the end, we started writing different songs under the name I Am a Graveyard. Uh, we never got to record it. We ended up doing those songs for our last show at CBGB's, which is awesome. And I'll tell you that if you are a East Coaster and you got to play CBGB's and you're ever on tour in the Midwest, you never pay for a drink if you got a story about CBGB's. What's your story about CBGB's? I played there. That's really all you have to lead in with. And people are like, oh my God, tell me about CBGB's. Like, well, there was a hole in the stage and you couldn't take your shit there because they had no door on the men's room. And it's all people want to hear about. Touring life. Uh, first tour was with Pensy Prep. Uh, it was cool. Uh, we bought, uh, well, I bought, uh, we, ne we needed a van for the tour. So I went, I forget how I found the van, but I bought a, an old school bus van. It was bright yellow. They had painted over the words uh, school bus. And uh, we did a, a Midwest tour uh, mm -hmm. because it was, it was impossible to get booked in California. So we went to, uh, God, we, we ended up in like Iowa, then we came back. Uh, night before the tour, we did a, a show at the Loop Lounge. Uh, the timing belt jumped, so we put some money in, got the van up and running the next day so we could leave for tour, left a little late. Um, once we got done in Pennsylvania, the seal for the gas uh, the gas tank fell, uh, fell apart because it was like a 1988 van at the time. So... We were eight, we got it fixed, but the guy's like, "Well, you, it's a temporary fix. You can't fill the tank up more than three quarters. You're gonna leak gas." So the whole the whole time we did it uh, with three quarters of a tank. Uh, when we got to Minnesota, we had a, a belt rupture that was for the antifreeze, and it fried the computer in the car. So we 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 actually broke down and we looked over the hill and there was a Ford dealership. So we got towed to the Ford dealership because a Ford van, and uh, they fixed it. It was six hundred sixty six dollars or thirty four cents exactly. What were your largest shows like back then? I don't know. We played for like 20, 30 people. Maybe. Were you on tour with anybody? No, we, we were just picking up shows as we went. Um, were your dreams to become stars? I mean, everyone's dreams to become or quit their J job and get paid to play rock and roll. I mean, we had a lot of fun. It was a fun tour. I mean, the, band, the van broke down, I think, four times. Uh, saw parts of the country that I, you would never normally go to. Like, when you think about going to, like, North Dakota, South Dakota, Iowa. Like, I've been to Iowa. Did you, was it good? Sorry. Was there anything for there besides Slipknot? So we get there, and uh, for anyone watching who's seen the movie Green Room, you know, booking the DIY tours, like, I didn't, I actually didn't book the tours. Neil booked the tours. I'm the charismatic bass player, so I did mostly this and selling selling merch. That was, that was my move. So... When you're booking tours back in the day, like, you know, you end up playing at, like, VFWs. Remember, there's a lot of VFW halls shows everywhere. VFWs, people's basements. It wasn't always venues. So we ended up playing at this this place, and we got this building. It's kind of out in the middle of nowhere, Iowa. And we get there, and we see there's actually, like, a big big sign outside. Like, it's a roadhouse sign saying, hey, turn in here. Band's playing tonight. And it said, Pansy Prep, Set Apart, and then some other band. And, uh... You know, the experience that they had in the green room where they run up against Nazis and white supremacists and everyone pretty much, you know, 
dies. Uh, we had the opposite thing because you know we're playing in the middle of nowhere, and we end up like walking in. And, and white supremacists all loved you? No, it was Christians. It was all like Christian kids, and they had their set apart t-shirts that said "Transformed." I was like, "Oh man, cool! You like the Transformers?" And the guy's like, "No, it's just Transformed." You know, by Jesus Christ, and I'm like, "Cool, we are safe as churches here. Oh, we're not gonna get murdered, and we are gonna get fed." And this is it was interesting. It's Iowa. That's my experience for Iowa. The exact uh, opposite happened. Uh, then what I were the groupies like back then? No groupies at all. I've seen like the coffin cats. They like attract vagina everywhere they go. What okay. was it like for you guys? Okay, so the coffin cats play uh, psychobilly music. They've got better hair. And have you seen the singer of that band? I have fantastic hair, but I'm a little fat. Uh, and I played in an emo band, so pretty much I was unfuckable the entire entire time. Did it bother you that you were in an emo band? No, man. I was playing rock and roll with my best friends. I was happy. I, I could have played so anything. Was it, was it a concerted effort to play in an emo band? No, that's just kind of what was coming out, you know? Sadness. Yeah, everyone was sad. We're in our early 20s. You're, of course, you're fucking miserable. I, I think, you know, for me, you know, coming from being 13, 14 years old and trying to start bands that sound like The Descendants and like The Replacements, because that's all I wanted to hear in The Misfits, uh, and then doing the, doing the emo band... You know, that's just what we were writing. You know, a lot of songs I wrote that, that, that I had hands in writing and, you know, I'd written when I was like 13, 14, 15 years old and we found ways to make them good during that time period. And, yeah, everyone was playing emo. I, I had a flat iron. I had long hair. It was a very bad look. Like this... We've, I've seen the videos. They're this, all over This YouTube. was not... This, this you know, everyone gets one bad haircut in their life. My bad haircut lasted about four years. Real talk? Yeah. Why was your main move on stage to face the drummer and just wiggle? Uh, right the director's cut of that is uh sometimes i had to like look to make sure the drummer was like with everybody so i kind of if you you'll see bands that i play in where i'm constantly facing the crowd um and then bands that i play in where i kind of have to go back and look look at the drummer sometimes i couldn't hear the drummer sometimes the drummer was on mars i might have imbibed in a little too much marijuana so that's yeah, you know just trying to make sure every that... single footage of Penny Pensy Prep, you're facing the stack or the drummer, wiggling. It's like this wiggle dance. Yeah, it's 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 mostly making sure that we were all on the same page. So did the band break up? What happened? I mean, did my chemical Man romance break up Pensy Prep? No, I not can't at all. quite figure out that storyline. I had to read a book about it yesterday. Um, Tim, do you have any idea? Just do you have no idea the comments that I've started getting? So, Tim, the drummer, had some problems with his legs. He didn't want to play drums anymore. The one that you would have to watch to see if he was actually playing properly. Well, he would, for a little while. But also on stage, some, a lot of times with Tim, you couldn't hear him. Mm -hmm. It was just too loud. Uh, so he was on his way out. Uh, Frank got the opportunity to join My Chemical Romance, so he had to go. But your ham bone, you couldn't, like, work your magic? No, yeah, man, my time there was done. It was time to move on to the next adventure. And the next adventure being Brian and the Bastards. No. Forget all the crap you were in between. Cool. Everything in between didn't matter. Um, Why did you start a pirate-themed band? Actually, it was Sean Dillon. Sean Dillon... Uh, me I refuse to believe Sean Dillon said, Hey, I want to hope for, for a band where I dress like a pirate and we sing sea shanties. Well, me, Sean, and George... I mean, I love Sean, but I just can't see him actually doing this. You, you would actually be surprised. Me, Sean, and George were out at a bar one night, and he's like, Ah, you know, we should do this. And, uh, and we did we just we we said cool man me and george started writing songs and we got a drummer and mary beth on accordion mary beth was not ever in the band 
She's the best accordion player you guys ever had. Yeah, she, actually, technically, you know what I'm going to go with? Mary Beth was the best accordion player we ever had. By not playing accordion, she was the best accordion player we ever had. And you guys said hardcore pirate music. Yeah, we played punk rock pirate music. We, we wrote songs about, like, traveling, drinking, looting, pillaging, you know, getting locked up in Spanish prisons. We sang songs about, uh, you know, getting STDs on being on shore leave. Legit pirate stuff. And this was formed, this was what year is about? This was like 2002 to 2007? Yeah, I say 2002 to 2007. Oh, no, it is. That's what Wikipedia says. Go with it. I've, I've done my research. Yeah. What is the strangest pirate story you could tell me from being on tour with Brian and, and the Bastards? Well, Brian and the Bastards never got to go on tour. Never got to go on tour? Never got to go on tour. What happened? My, my touring days were kind of behind me at that point. Not, you know, people... You were in the blender business already? I was not in the blender business yet, but, uh, you know, the last tour I ever, the last real tour I ever did was Leathermouth, playing bass for Leathermouth, which was a, a nationwide tour, which is awesome. And that was, uh, like, more aggressive emo music. Yeah, it was, like, like post-hardcore. Uh, it was cool. It was it was awesome. We did a tour at Reggie in the Full Effect. It was super fun. Like, I will tell you, it, as far as fun tours that I've ever done, getting to watch Reggie in the Full Effect play every night was a blast. Nope. Interviews I've read with Frank Iero, is that his name? Yeah. He has said that the reason he did not continue Leather Mouth was because all the band members found Jesus. Yes. So what happened was this. He actually... Tell us. He had... There was Leather Mouth, who he wrote the songs with and who he performed with. They wrote songs. They brought them to him. He sang the songs. They recorded an album together. And then the band found Jesus. And What it, does that mean? They, like the uh, whole band collectively found Jesus. All at once. They all joined church. They all they all got deep into their deep into their church, and uh, you know the subject matter of the songs wasn't jiving with their you know what they were the, the lives that they were trying to lead. So they decided to step away from it. But he had a record out, and he had to go on tour for this record. So he got a bunch of his friends to uh, be his backing band. Were you on the album? Yeah. Okay. No, I was just strictly playing bass on the tour. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, I mean it's an awesome record. I can promise you, I'll never leave you for Jesus. I know, thank George. I, thank you, buddy. I, I promise that will not thank happen. You. So, let's get on to real talk. We've had some uh, questions here. Sure. First question is, what are the tears of hambone drunkenness? Because this week and this week, I learned about ham shwasted. Okay. Now, you tried to explain it while you were ham-shwasted, which did not oh, make any didn't sense. Help. Probably didn't help at all. So, what are the tiers, and who exactly did invent the levels of ham-wasted? Um, George Colazzo. George Colazzo, who was the guitar player... Of Brian of, Bastards. And Love Cinema Volume and 6. And Love Cinema Volume he 6. He is possibly the greatest musician I know. Uh, I will tell you, fact, George Colazzo is the greatest musician you know. Absolutely. He is the greatest guitar player I've ever played with. He is the greatest song arranger that I've ever played with. The dude, the way his mind works, like I bring a song to George, and I did. I, I would bring tons of songs to George, and they'd be, they'd be like good-ish. They'd be good enough. Anything that you think I wrote that sounds awesome, George Colazzo. That's a fact. Damn straight. And his name is George, and there's no more perfect name in this world than George. George Martin from Beatles. I agree. So, drunkenness. Levels of drunkenness. Hurry it up. We're Hamba getting, we might be we might be getting to a timing point on this. We've lost half our viewers. Listen Whoa, to would this. you let me Behind speak. the handbook was not as impressive and sexy as I, I thought there'd be more drugs. I never I never did drugs. I, I thought it'd be more like like women that you've left children with all around the country. And that's the right questions. Uh ham buzzed, ham bombed, 
I'm sorry, ham buzzed, ham boned, ham bombed, ham blitzed, ham blotto, ham shwasted. Ham shwasted is the best. That's level six. Though I will say the only good ham bone is sober ham bone. This was going to be an intervention, but nobody wanted to come over. So instead, we've turned into ham bone behind the music. How did you come up with the name ham bone, ham bone? We don't have enough time. No, we do. Were you naked in front of the fridge or something? And someone said, is that a ham bone? So I used to be very, very heavy. And uh, one New Year's Eve, probably, I don't know, I was like 20. I've gone through all the old footage. Mm -hmm. I can attest to that. I was pretty big. Uh, 2021-ish, uh, I was at a New Year's getaway with some friends. Uh, I was fully wasted. I mean, wasted for days. I mean, you want to talk about ham shwasted uh i went from ham shwasted to whatever like 10 is uh and i was walking is 10 no ham shwasted is 6 ham shwasted is 10 i think we're there, halves in there go ahead 10 uh so uh, i was walking around uh I, I was in the room i was naked and i wanted more beer so i went downstairs and bothered putting any pants and why were you naked you were naked as a guest in other people's homes no we rented out a condo and had a lady friend Ah. Yes. So I just went to get a beer. I didn't think anyone was really up and around. And I went downstairs and I leaned over into the fridge. And you open the fridge and all the light comes into a darker room. And a buddy of mine who was pretty wasted himself looks over and he sees my giant pale white ass in the light of the refrigerator. And he says, Hambone, get me a Coke. And I did the worst possible thing you could ever do when someone calls you a name that's not your name. I went, huh? I looked up. Are you sure he wasn't, re like, referring to your penis? No, you couldn't see it past my ass. There's no thigh gap with an ass that big. But Hambone is more of a genitalia name. Right, but he only caught it from behind. Are you sure it wasn't just hanging you were a spread eagle? Dude, when your legs are that thick, there's no thigh gap. It was all ass. So, for six months afterwards, they kept calling me Hambone. And I was like, why are you calling me Hambone? It's because I'm fat, it's not fat. And they wouldn't, they wouldn't give, a, give it up. And finally, we all got drunk one night. And my buddy goes, yeah, you're really fucking fat. And it was. And then, uh, you know, after that, uh, Hambone morphed into Hambone, the goddamn king of rock and roll. Uh, that was somewhere around eight. Uh, and I used to introduce myself at bars. I was like, I was like, oh, I was like who are you? I was like, I'm Hambone, the goddamn king of rock and roll. And it used to be a great party trick at bars, too, because I would be in the back lounge at the Loop. And I used to work at the Loop. And I just, that was my bar that I drank at. And I knew everybody there. So I used to be in the back bar. And I'd cozy up at the bar next to a new lady and we'd be chatting it up and she's like what's your name i said i'm hambone the goddamn king of rock and roll she's like sure you are and i was like no seriously you go ask anyone in this bar i'm hambone the goddamn king of rock and roll and a girl would look at me dead in the eye and she would say come on that that's not your real name i go tell you what you go not even in this bar you go to the front bar describe me i used to wear canadian tuxedos as well you know denim on denim sleeves cut off big hair it wasn't my best look uh, Keep in mind, he's only 37, so clearly he was doing this well after it was cool to do this. I've had my moments. So I, I would tell a girl to go up to the front bar, ask anybody, describe what I was wearing. They will tell you my name's Hambone King of Rock, goddamn King of Rock and Roll. And if they do, you come back here, you buy me a drink, spend a little time with me. Never failed in the Loop Lounge. And now your name is Hambone, the goddamn King of Blenders. No. So rumor has it you've slept with over 100 women. No. Different women. No. Over 100 different I've heard this for three different people. It's on Wikipedia. No. I've kissed over 100 girls. Close to it. Close women. to it. No. No venereal disease stories. Nope. None at all. None. Have you ever had a venereal disease? Nope. Nothing. Nothing. Clean? Have you ever gone to the doctor for a possibility? 
Cleans the whistle. What's the worst injury you've had on stage? Uh, I almost broke my foot. You almost broke your foot. That's not even good. That's like you almost, almost isn't anything. I mean, you're you're debunking about a lot of myths tonight here, bud. Dude, Wikipedia needs to be completely rewritten. Your yeah. Wikipedia page is so much better. I bet. It's so much better. I bet. Don't watch this episode. Keep the keep the mystique, folks. Keep the mystique. What is the one memory you'll never forget from being in the multitude of bands you've been in? Uh, one memory I will never forget. Brian and Bastards. It's my favorite memory by far. Brian and Bastards, last, our last show ever where we decided to call it quits as a band. We did a double set on Halloween night at the Lamppost in Jersey City. And we did one set as Brian and Bastards, and the second set we did a full Misfit set. And uh, like a, a mini a mini riot broke out. People like were fighting and people were pushing it to the Lamppost in Jersey City. It was awesome. Uh, that was that was a great one. That's my favorite, favorite memory being in a band. Any regrets? None. Do you miss it? Nope. Will you ever go back? Nah. How do you not have any gray hairs? Oh, the pomade, dude. Uh, my, my, I have so many gray hairs. If you see me in the morning with, after a shower with no pomade in, there is so many grays. So many grays. It's like your beard except on top. You know, man, I have no regrets. I had a blast. I still play music. I got a new band called Hammerhead Corvette, uh, which is really fun. Uh, I just, I like. When rock. are we gonna see it live? When we. Write a couple more songs and find a singer. I mean, my thing is, I, I did everything I wanted to do. I had, I had all I had as much fun as I wanted to have. I've gotten to make a lot of cool friends all over the country and uh, meet new people and see places I would never have normally seen or never want to go to. Like Mary Iowa. Beth has just joined. We spoke about you earlier in the show. Thank you for joining. Thank you. I'm I, sorry to cut off your monologue. No, it's cool, man. I, I I had fun. I'm still having fun. I'm still having fun playing rock and roll, writing music. I just. I just don't tour anymore like that. So let's talk about that horrible tattoo you have on your leg. So I was on tour with. Please uh, show it to everybody. Show it to the camera. God, George, you know I was. Show it to the camera. Jeans. Stand up. Stand up. That's Peter Chris, isn't it? So I was on tour with Leathermouth and Reggie in the full effect. Um, and. My friend Frank has this little tattoo, this little ghost tattoo that he does called Boozy. That's Boozy the ghost. Uh, and so they were doing tattoos on the tour bus. And he's like, everyone he knows gets a Boozy. So I was going to get a Boozy. I was going to get, the Boozy was supposed to be this big. And uh, he went a little too far with one of the lines. So it went from being this big to like this big. And uh, it's Boozy Chris because it was Reggie in the Full Effects farewell tour according to Chris. Because um, Kiss always retires, but then they end up coming back, so... The whole thing was like Peter Chris. His last night, I got him to go out in Peter Chris make. Well, he's gonna go out in Peter Chris make, but I got him to go out and do Beth, uh, James Deweese. Sing the first like few bars of Beth. It's good. Do you regret having a Peter Chris tattoo as Boozy? Nah. <laughs> it's, one of, it's, one of, it's one of those things that eventually later this year we're gonna doctor it up a little bit. Is there anything else you'd like to add, Hambone? Nah, man. But what I'd like to add is that if you ever had any desire or want to like play rock and roll music, start a band, or go do something fun or artistic that a lot of people will tell you not to do. Anyone who tells you not to do it, they're telling you that because they failed. Don't let their negativity keep you down. Go out and have some fun. Be creative. And you don't even have to live a hard rock and roll style lifestyle. The Hambone's the living proof they can live a complete, kind of boring, mediocre rock and roll lifestyle. I'm retired. Anyway, 
Thank you very much, Hambone. You're welcome, buddy. I felt this was a much-needed episode of My Thai TV. I mean, you just you just glanced the surface of where Hambone came from. Well, I mean, you haven't even, like, you didn't give anything up. Well, I mean, there's not much to give up, man. I, you know what? But you, you said have, you just didn't scratch the surface. But you got to keep some mystique. There is no mystique, Hambone. I know, it's all gone. It's all gone. You read the Wikipedia, you saw the behind the music, you know everything. <laughs> <laughs> so... My shit I want to share this week. Yeah. We got seven viewers now, probably because we just dropped this episode. Is Can You Take the Heat? Can You Take the Heat? Oh, shit. Is a. I think this came out in um, 1990. Um, I don't know. This is a late 90s cookbook by J.R. Jim Ross from the WWE. It's the only WWF style st sanctioned cookbook. Is that Deborah on the back? That is Deborah on the back. <laughs> so this book is not only this is legendary. This is not only the greatest book, the cooking book I have. I now cook, so this is my cookbook. Yes. But in 1998 or 1999, I celebrated. We were poor. I was dirt poor, living in my parents' basement. Right. And my wife, now wife Allison, I wanted to give her a romantic Valentine's Day dinner. This is our Valentine's Day episode. So oh. I decided to make her. Eddie Guerrero enchiladas. No. Out of here. How'd it come out? They, she claimed they were okay. I right. had never made enchiladas or anything before so in my life. all recipes from WWE yes. superstars. But even, so I have one more story. Yes. So, why don't you see a picture? Everybody should see this picture. Some people have already. But I have this book signed. I, uh, we waited in line for hours outside of WWE New York. Back in the day, late 90s, early aughts. Uh, the Hard Rock in Times Square in New York City was WWE New York. Yeah. WWE, I believe, owns the building still and have subletted it to uh, to the Hard Rock. Oh, it's the Hard Rock. But it's uh, the corporate building of WWE in New York. Right. Anyway, they had WWE New York. It was a WWF-themed restaurant. And that day, to sign for this, they always had signings for the books. Well, this book, this book had the greatest two wrestlers signing it. We waited in line for like four hours to get this signed by Chris Benoit. Yes. Family murderer. Murder-suicide madman. Oh my god. You Chris Benoit. And then, I believe, Stephen Regal. <laughs> and I actually have it legitimately signed by Chris Benoit and Regal. My favorite moment about getting this autograph, besides the fact that I do have a, uh, a uh, you know, an autograph that I wait in line for a guy who later on went to kill his wife and son and himself in a fit of steroid-induced rage in his home with a Bible in his hand. So George Clausen wants to know, is there a Benoit recipe in there? There is probably a Benoit recipe. But anyway, that's besides the point. I want The best part of it is we're waiting in line for hours. It's cold. Right. And, like, Benoit gets out of the limo... And everybody's like, we're waiting in line for hours to see this guy. And they're like, hey, look, it's Chris Benoit. And you just hear another guy go, boo. <laughs> and that was it. It was the weirdest thing ever. But let's see if Chris Benoit actually has a <laughs> recipe in here. This book, I believe, is long out of print. See, I imagine like Stone Cold's recipe is like, put a beer on table, open the beer, drink the beer. Stone Cold's beer recipe. There is a Sergeant Slaughter recipe. Scotty Chuhati has Esa Rios. Scotty Chuhati has a recipe? Soup. Bull Buchanan's beef barley soup, Midian's minestrone, 
Uh, Shawn Michaels, San Antonio Omelet. Wasn't Midian a vampire? Uh, yes. Midian, no. Midian was just like a... Oh, no, no. I'm thinking death. of... Yeah, I'm thinking of... Gang Grilled Roll. Steak Benoit. Grilled Steak Benoit. Nobody's eating anything from Benoit these days. Uh, let's see if he's got anything else in here. Al Snow's Peas. Just Peas? Peas. I like how every single wrestler has a TM next to their name. Xbox Banana Cream Pie. It should be Pot Brownies. Uh, yeah, that's it. So yeah, Benoit steak. So anyway, this is, can you take the heat? Heart cover, it's a heart first cover. press, yeah. signed by Chris Benoit and Steven Regal. This is the rarest thing I own. That's my shit I love this week. Do you have anything you love this week? I mean, how can I top that? You can't top that. I, I can't, I'm not going to try. You know what I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to say? Things I love, a drink of Falernum actually came out nice tonight. Ooh. Or the things I love, Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's a great drink. That's our show for tonight. You guys should go. I don't know what time it is, but I think everybody should go watch Legion. Enjoy Legion. Love Legion. Tell us what you think of Legion. We'll be back with a much more enjoyable show in a couple weeks. Uh, maybe even next week to do our payback or whatever is the, the next pay-per-view. Fastlane. Uh, I thought tonight was delightful. Fastlane's. Uh, today was great. You know, Hambone I thought would be as ex exciting as was with Wikipedia entry. Clearly is not. I've never read my Wikipedia I've entry. I've heard stories about you in the My Chemical Romance Reddit this week that are better than what you just told me. But I think they might be confusing with you with someone else in the band. Yeah, they, have, yeah, they have like 90 different roadies, like 20,000 different merch guys. I don't know. Yeah. Regardless, I'm glad to have you here. You I'm are the best play bass player I know. I'm pretty good. I'm excited for Brian and the Bastards to reunite, which you will announce here soon. When it's going to happen, you'll it be the first to It better happen here. I will let you know. And we will be back very soon. Hambone, how can they reach you? You can find me on Twitter at Hambreaker. I haven't tweeted since early January, but I live there. Uh, you can find me on Winnable, uh, I the Beer Holder podcast about my Dungeons and Dragons and my love thereof. Uh, and you can find me here on My Thai TV. You can reach me at cultofgeorge.com, at GOK Creative on Twitter and on Instagram. If you follow Twitter right now, it's probably mostly stuff about Verizon Unlimited, but you can still find out about cool things about me, too. It's true. And you can reach me at gokcreative.com if you want me to shoot your wedding. I'm only taking limited engagements now. You have to be punk rock. You have to be badass. And maybe I'll consider doing it because everyone needs a little rock and roll in their wedding. Everyone does. Anything else we need to plug this week? No, buddy. Are good. you psyched? I'm always psyched. Are you hyped? I'm always hyped. That's your first behind the music. I know. It's so unimpressive. But yeah, I was, I've been around forever. You've been around forever. I'm like a bad penny, baby. I always turn up. He's seen a million drinks, and he's rocked them all. Yeah. I'm George. That's Hambone. Aloha. Серой болью всю душу свело, Кокаина серебряной пылью, Все дороги пути замело. I think we're gonna stop now. I don't wanna get up. I don't wanna get up either. Do you think Legion started yet? <sighs> I know. If the, the catch is only on the other side, we can just drop the screen. Thanks for watching, everybody. Where do I stop this? You don't have to go immediately on your phone. No, I'm I'm trying to. It kept blowing up behind me. I'm making sure it's not work or something stupid like that. Yeah, it's not the video. It's just still going.
So what's the blender business like these days? What? It's good times. Do you have any secrets you want to reveal to us? Nope. Any chance there'll be like a Vitamix Unlimited? Nope. We don't talk about my job, man. Cause that'd be awesome. We don't talk about work. I would love one. We don't talk about it. Well, if you're a good boy, one day, soonish. Comes with unlimited fruit. No, what does that come with unlimited fruit? You crazy pants. I'm still on camera. I can see that I'm still on camera. You can turn that off. You were so good today. Ah, thank you, buddy. I feel pretty good. I only had one drink, so I'm like. What time is it? Oh my God, it's uh, 9:35. Okay, we only went about. We didn't go a full hour. No, we didn't go too long. 